Since the beginning of time, people have always found creative ways of communicating. This is my way. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and we need to talk. Welcome to another episode of Not For Nothing. Um, of course, we have everyone's favorite best friend back. Hi. Sarah Cooper. I didn't know if I was supposed to introduce myself or if you were going to do it. Sorry. everything. Well, because we're the last episode we did together, we were sitting across from each other at the same table in your apartment, and now we're back to doing it on... Uh, remotely we're talking long distance love affair on a conference call and i gave you a name and i was about to introduce you as your name on the conference call (laughs) which is ava gabor because we call your mother jaja um and uh i found out on your last trip to la that just as much as you like to make fun of her for being a little bit jaja you've got some ava in you too her sister. Yeah, well. Um, but anyway, how are things going? Good. Jaja has new projects in, in the works. Been I, I remember you called me last week. She had a, uh, a vase she, fiasco. She had a interior design crisis, man. It was awful. It's, well, she it, just that, bought a new house. It July, could be a crisis. In July. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, the vase fiasco has been resolved. We went with this symmetrical matching vases rather than one or the other. Um, now she is trying to find an interior decorator slash handyman who will help her hang and decide what artwork that she has been storing in her office since July on her walls. And the answer is probably <laughs> going to be she needs to find new artwork because that is the Zsa Zsa way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that is the next crisis that we are going to work on is hanging artwork. Cause we had, I had, we had a mini rug episode. We had two rugs. We decided which one went where we figured it out, mm-hmm. resolved it. That went perfectly smoothly. <laughs> so that- have you reminded her lately that you love her new house? She didn't ask today. So I think she's coming off the high a little bit. I don't remember if we even talked about that on the podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to, Go into that story now. Okay, Do you fine. want to tell the story or should I tell the story? I, I will tell the story. And if you heard that, I'm sorry. Please my do. cat was sneezing. Um, so <laughs> she bought her house and it was in July. In July. Um, well, yes, she bought her house. This is the, this is the synopsis. She bought a house in July. My brother bought a house in July. My brother got married at the end of August. So it was a little chaotic there. Um, and then every so often, every time, every time I'd go over there to help, you know, go through my old crap or just go do whatever, she'd always be like, "Do you like my new house? Do you like my new house? Do you like my new house?" Every time I'd be like, "Yes, mom, I love my new house. Do you? I just love my new house. Do you like my new house?" For months, and then at Thanksgiving, the whole family she hosted Thanksgiving in her new house. It was a big deal. We're all sitting at the table, and it gets quiet, and she just goes. So do y'all like my new house? (laughs) (laughs) And And that wasn't just you and your brother and your sister-in-law. That That was the family. That was my grandfather, my mom's, my aunt and her, my cousin. It was the family. Um, 
And so that just became the joke. Every time I went over there, she would ask if I like the new house. Cause that's, yeah, you tried to get me to pretend like I didn't I like really the new house. I really wanted you to just say, I've seen better. Because <laughs> I knew she would ask you. <laughs> I love Jaja too much. I would never do that to her because wow. that is the that is truly the most pure source of joy for her right now. I'm not taking that away from her. I'm not going to be that guy. No. But I'm her child, so I have to mess with her. <laughs> Well, you are embarking on yet another journey I am. because last episode we talked about your uh, trip to New Orleans to yeah. see Cher, which was kind of like, I mean, at this point it was kind of like a pilgrimage, pilgrimage to the motherland. <laughs> you know, you go to this macabre city of, you know, witch doctors and voodoo and you see share vampires yeah and vampires so and you go to see share and so that was like that was like a pilgrimage for (laughs) you know spiritual growth yeah but now you're doing (laughs) something else you're going what are you doing sarah Um, what are you doing here i i (laughs) well when you came home for christmas your cousin and your mom picked you up in nashville Mm -hmm. And yep. then you my pay- cousin Brent. Oh, he cannot have three names. I need him to have at least just one. Um, he's very, he's just, he goes by Brent. The family calls him Leon, but he goes, but that's it because okay. his dad's name is Brent. So, but everywhere else he goes by okay, Brent. Brent. I'm not going to call him that because I'll forget. Um, so he was there with you, and I was telling him about the concert. Um, and he was like, "Oh, really?" And we got excited, and so I was like, "Oh, we should go. She'll be in Birmingham." And then I kind of let it go for a while because I didn't have any money. Um, and I was actually, I thought I was going to have to tell him I couldn't go. Like, I just couldn't financially go. And then you reminded me to stop being a little bitch about my money. Um, and you'll just make well, more. I mean, I, I just, I just, I just pointed out that there's lots of people in this world who have 50 bucks between amongst their name. Right. Um, and um, you have a little more. Yeah. And so we are going to go in March to Birmingham to see Cher again. So you've you will have seen Cher twice within a six month period. Yeah, on the same tour. <laughs> now I, I remember you telling me that Jaja was like, "Ooh, I'd like to go." So Jaja did not occur to you to invite her to this concert. Jaja doesn't want to go to Bur- see. This is the problem. Jaja loves New Orleans. Let's get. Jaja of it all. The Jaja of it all is the appeal of going to New Orleans was half the battle. Uh, um, and so I offered her forever ago. Well, you know, Cher is going to be in Birmingham. I don't like Birmingham. Well, you know, she's going to be in Charleston, South Carolina. We could. That's a weekend trip. I don't want to go to Charleston. So mm. that, that's Jaja. <laughs> Jaja Happy Appeal was the location. She really wanted to go to Vegas, and then it was like <laughs> that's out of the budget. Um, yeah, that's. A I little- just love. The, I love the picture you've painted for everyone oh of Jaja. I- <laughs> this woman who cannot have her name revealed for top secret reasons. That's more. Of a, also- that's really more of a me thing than a her thing, though. I, yeah, I figure it's more of a her, uh, more of a you thing, yeah. but. I mean, it lends credence to the mystery of, of Southern mother. living. 
<laughs> my mom yeah well to be, <laughs> i will say because i don't want people because i love my mom um like today for instance she my boss is pregnant and we're having a baby shower on monday and my mom makes these cookies at christmas and i took them to work and my boss loved them so i said mom i don't call my mom Shasha to her face unless she's being weird um <laughs> you call her by her actual name you I, do not say mother <laughs> i say mom a lot and if i can't get her attention i call her by her full name um <laughs> right exactly um i said would you make these cookies again for the baby shower and she said of course without you know so i don't want people to think my mom is this ridiculous caricature of like life of luxury thing but you know what that's the fun of being southern you you create the caricature and then you're done i mean my mother pointed out to me over christmas like i told i started telling some of the stories that i tell here in california about my southern town bug tussle and she goes that's not right she's like that's not correct that's not how that went down that's not how he died and he was like well it's like the fair story all over again it, it really, well, it's not nearly as devastatingly inaccurate as the Farrah Fawcett story that I've been that I had to retire a few years back it was my it was my go-to party story until mm-hmm. I realized that it's my exaggerations took it to a place that were not factual right um but no my stories I just sometimes put people in places where they not they're not usually there you know like so someone i'm not gonna name names because you know these are real people but someone was found dead on their driveway (laughs) Um, sorry that's not funny i shouldn't have laughed (laughs) (laughs) that's not funny but i laughed anyway i'm sorry that's my gallon and someone was found dead in their in a bathtub and i promise you someone i'm not gonna name their names but i promise you the person that was found dead in the bathtub was found dead in the bathtub of the person who died on their driveway that's the story that i heard and if that's not accurate that's not my fault (laughs) but anyway also there was this story one time no i'm not gonna tell that maybe i will there was a story one time that my cousin told me about somebody a man um fatally injuring his wife critically she was she didn't die but he was gonna kill her he told her he was gonna kill her and then he tried and she was bleeding and then he got a change of heart and threw her in the car and then drove to the hospital and dumped her at the er and drove off How <laughs> that's, romantic. I mean, that's true. i mean living in the south um but yeah so it's fun to exaggerate Jaja's persona yeah. because who cares? Um, but that being said, Jaja is almost like a second mother to me at this point. She she flew you up to uh, New York for a very special event for me on your way to Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah, so. technically we're going to Boston, then we just spent the entire time in Salem instead, which I prefer. Did you really? We, well, we were going to split it half and half, but we were going to start in Salem and end in Boston, but we decided to stay in Salem because we preferred it. We liked mm-hmm. it. It's a beautiful city. I want to go back. You know what, though? I've come to the conclusion that it's like those SAT uh, simile questions. Blank is to blank as blank is to blank. Mm-hmm. Traveling is to Jaja what blood is to vampires. Yes. That's that's what I've come to the conclusion of. It is. She, so she sits around and she goes, "We haven't gone on a trip in a while. We need to go somewhere." 
Well, I just remember you saying, we have taken too many trips, she says, and we cannot go anywhere. But then, of course, we're going to go somewhere for your brother's birthday. But then, of course, hubby and I have not taken a trip this year, so we got to do that, too. And it's like, well, so that whole no more trips thing, that was just... Oh, that was... That was a cute cute little moment for yourself, right? (laughs) You weren't really serious. I know, Shamata, that was the cruise we were going on. We couldn't go on any trips because we were going on the cruise. And then then she went on some trips. (laughs) She was like, but but hubby and I have to do do an anniversary trip. Of course. And brother boy has not been on a trip, and you got to go on the cruise, so I got to take him on a trip, but no more trips. Right. So, oh, but I love that she takes it in jest. She like, I think she enjoys the Zsa Zsa persona. She does. <laughs> She's, I mean, what it is truly is she, my mom, mom has to remind me of this. When we were, my brother and I were growing up, they were comfortable, but mom has done phenomenal in what she, in work and has gotten really, mm-hmm. is really good at what she does. And that's the bottom line is that they have yeah. worked and earned to where they are today because I'll put it in perspective. We used to buy off brand Dr. Pepper to keep mm-hmm. in the house. Like they wouldn't even spend money on name. They would buy Dr. Thunder or Mr. Pib. They wouldn't even buy, um, actual Dr. Pepper, like by the case. Cause it was too expensive. But to me, your mom is being responsible in the fact that, I mean, she has a sister who died in her 40s. Is that right? Linda was in her 50s. In her 50s. But still, that's young. Mm -hmm. She has a sister that died in her 50s. um, But she also has a mother who died at nearly 90. And her father is 92. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I guess your your grandmother was in her mid-80s. But anyway... You just don't know. You might live to be 92 or you might die tomorrow. So mm-hmm. your mom is taking the hard-earned money she got. And instead of just stockpiling it and trying to be as rich as she can, she's taking adventures. And why not? Absolutely. Because you don't know how long you got. And you're going to be regretting that you didn't take the cruise or that you didn't go on a trip or you didn't mm-hmm. go see share. So Hi. I'm really proud that you're going to see Cher with my cousin. I'm excited. We're going to have fun. Even though it's like, I want to go see Cher with you. So next, go ahead. Next take tour. My I'm going to tell you right now. My, she keeps saying, Oh no, I'm not going to do anymore. Girls coming out with an avid part two album. Uh, she'll be touring again, but also don't you think she'll come back to Vegas for another residency? Oh yeah. But those are, so, those are different environment though. They're like, I, it was in, she talked about it in a David Litterman interview uh, around the time Burlesque came out that uh-huh. um, the residencies are quainter and closer. Like they're not as blah, like arenas. So there's a different mm-hmm. vibe. So to me, I like the arena yeah. vibe. Well, I would like to go with you to the residency show whenever she does come back to Vegas, but also next time she's on tour, I'd like to go to that too. Okay. Maybe you could fly out and we could go to, maybe she'd be at the Hollywood bowl. Ooh. That would be fun. She did do that in the sixties. I read it in her book. Would that be a cool show to see outside? Yes. Cause I mean that, I mean, I would love to do that. If she comes to the Hollywood bowl, you're flying I've clear, I got to clear out some space for uh, the tickets on my credit card because <laughs> if she comes to the Hollywood Bowl, I'm buying those tickets down in front, which are going to be a, probably a lot more expensive than what you paid in New Orleans because the bowl is just expensive altogether. But I'm putting them on my credit card, and then you're going to fly out and we're going. Are you flying me out too? Or are you just buying the tickets? <laughs> I need to know how much money I need to save. <laughs> I, d- I, I, I will gladly give you a very generous time period to pay me back for this expensive <laughs> ticket. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> it's not like that time I bought you Les Miserables tickets for your birthday. And I never paid you back. <laughs> it was $76. I can mail it to you, okay? Exactly. No, I don't want you to mail it to me. I'm just saying floor seats at the Hollywood Bowl will be a lot more than $76 Les Miserables tickets. So, yes. that being said, it's exciting, though. I'm excited that you're going to go. I am too. Back to share one more time. Well, because to me, like, I feel on the surface, people would be like, you're seeing the same tour, like, it, that's a little silly. But I was thinking about this when I bought the tickets, is every time you see any kind of live performance, it's never the same show twice. Right. The set list may be the same, but the audience is not the same. The venue is not the same. And that contributes to a lot of factors for an experience. Like, But that's such a ridiculous argument, too. It's like, do you only ever listen to your favorite album one time? No, do you I only watch your favorite movie guys. one time? <laughs> Right. Right. And, you might you're actually like on your third favorite album, third copy of your favorite share album at this point, I'm sure. Pretty much. Um, but like cause the other thing I was thinking about, I said this to my mom, and I'm sure this is when she looked at me like I had two heads and asked if I was really like all up in the fandom now. Um mm-hmm. I said there is a very strong possibility because there has been a break. The last shows were in December, and then the start of this leg is the is in Vegas in February. There's a very real chance there are new costumes and wigs. And that is a very important facet to a share show. Like, that's how, like, <laughs> Leon said, or Brent said, he was so excited to see your hair. Like, he said, I'm like, I'm game to see, I'm ready to see your hair. Um, yeah. So that is a very important aspect that could be different from last time. And I'm going to pretend that I'm not going to spoil anything for myself on Instagram between now and then. It's not going to happen, but I'm going to pretend I'm not like, going to. How like how long are you going to keep up the facade that you're like, I'm not looking? Well, I know that at the end of February, I need to get off Instagram. <laughs> That's not yeah. going to happen because I love Instagram. Right. You are, Anything we do that has a spoiler, a spoiler possibility <gasps> together, you're like, I already spoiled it for myself. Like Drag Race, they just so. announced the new cast. Yeah. We d- we went through the we just read the article the other night. I'm excited about all of them actually this year. I haven't. I, I just saw the photo, so I haven't actually invested anything into it just yet. But <gasps> anyway, oh, sorry. Side huh? note. I just need to know. Did you see RuPaul's hosting SNL? I sure did. Okay. I saw. Everybody's super excited. I can't wait. I am too. Like I'm really excited for for Ru and all the things that he's gotten absolutely in life and all the achievements he's gotten. So I'll have to look, I can't wait to watch that. We maybe we'll have to discuss. Um, that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I've got some exciting news of my own. You're pregnant only until Monday. Oh God, that got dark. Maybe I should get a sponsorship sponsorship by Tums. Because we will give you indigestion. <laughs> on that note, I've been on a journey. Let me explain. Let me set it up for the listeners. I've been on a journey because if you remember the episode we did about our obsessions with Cher and Lucille Ball, I was kind of disappointed because I don't have someone who's alive to be obsessed with and to do um, to, to just really like follow their career and be excited. And I realized the other day, I do have somebody 
I have okay. I have my share. Okay. And it's sad that I didn't realize it before in the moment. Okay. So okay. How do you want to, how do you want to guess? I want to ask questions and see if like a 20, 20 questions game and see if I can figure it out. Okay. Do it. We'll do it quickly. (laughs) Male or female? Female. Okay. Um, actor or singer or neither? Or both. Or both. She's a share. Okay. Oh, okay. Is it Gaga? No. Okay. Hold on. I can do this. Um, older or younger than 30? Older. Older. Okay. If it's Madonna, we're breaking up. I just want you to know that. Like, well, uh, listeners, you heard it here first. This is the last show that Sarah Cooper will ever be on. <laughs> I'm kidding. You, it's not Madonna. Thank God. It's not Madonna. No. Okay. If um, I had to pick, if I was going to pick Madonna, I'd just pick Gaga because Gaga is the better Madonna. <laughs> the better Madonna. At okay. This point. Um, what genre does she sing in? Several. Shit. Um, she, I'm telling you, she's like a share. Okay. If you, I keep saying that. I keep saying that over, giving you no more clues than that. But if, I keep, if you keep thinking about it, who is the closest to share? Is it Carol Burnett? No. She's an actual, <laughs> actual like, recording artist. I resent that. I mean, Carol Burnett was on the Annie soundtrack. Thank you very much. Well. <laughs> Bette Midler? No. Fuck. What was she in? Give me something. I, like, give me a movie. If, if I give you or the movie show. that she was in, you're going to get it right away. Do you want me to just give it to you? Okay. Yes. Still Magnolias. Dolly? Yes. I felt like that was too obvious because you already liked Dolly. I didn't, uh, but I guess this is a new level of liking <laughs> but Dolly. I realize, well, that's the thing. She was there all along. Mm, I didn't realize true. that she was my share because... You love that dumpling thing that she did the music for. Well, the music, I've not even seen the movie, but the music was the deepest, most raw I've ever heard Dolly. And she was re and she was doing that thing that a lot of singers do sometimes where they go back and sing their old songs with bigger, huger, more grandiose, more drama. Yeah. More grandiose arrangements. And the, the, the age that's withered their voice a bit just makes it sound so much more, personal you know and so much more yeah. knowing in that and i would love to hear share do that too um same like a new arrangement because i know she still sings that but i would love to hear like for instance um on the dumpling soundtrack dolly parton saying here you come again okay which is an upbeat like oh here you come again and of course i'm gonna fall for it mm. every time on the dumpling soundtrack it was very very slowed down Ooh. And it was sad. It was like, here you come again. Yeah. And I'm going to fall for it again. Oh, wow. And it was like, oh, dang. So, yeah. Um, Alrighty. So do you have any follow up questions about my obsession? Because the obsession's deep. Like you're I mean, I'm telling you, okay. it's like share. So we should really get into this obsession. Well, I'm going to test you. OK. About my, one of my favorite songs in the whole universe to see if you know why she wrote it. Do you know the original story of I Will Always Love You? Because she uh, was wanting to get out of her contract with Porter Wagoner, and he wouldn't do it because he actually owned her career. And she wrote him a song begging him to just let her go. And he said, I'll let you go if you'll let me produce that song. I'm very impressed that you know that. 
I'm a believer now. I'm a believer now. Right. Well, and that's the thing too. I was, I try to tell people like, cause Dolly's, she's like Cher. She's a cartoon character of sorts sometimes mm-hmm. when it comes to like, yeah, but the thing is, and, and I'd be interested to, to know this about Cher, mm-hmm. but the thing about Dolly is she's got a big heart. Like mm-hmm. she cares so much about where she came from. And, um, there's this podcast that I just read, listened to, um, listened to from the WNYC, which is the New York, uh, outlet or whatever it's called the New mm-hmm. York NPR station, um, market or whatever. I don't know, whatever it's called. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. they did it and it's called Dolly Parton's America. And, they sit down with Dolly to like figure out what is it about this woman, this particular person of all people and all genres that you go to their concerts and you're going to find the church, the ladies church group and also the gays and drag Mm -hmm. queens and just like Trump supporters sitting next to Bernie bros sitting next to Hillary fanatics. They're all there and they all love her equally. And not only that, when they are there, they love each other. Yeah. Like she, I mean, it's like, they they said it's like, it's like magic when you go to a Dolly concert. Yeah. And it was kind of the same thing you were talking about at the share concert, where it was just all this weird mix of people who just seemed to converge on this woman who transcended genre, who transcends decades, because that's the thing. Again, the comparisons to share are just kind of mind-boggling when you sit, when you think about it. They performed together. They they did. They performed together. Um, they have both had plastic surgery. <laughs> Allegedly, no. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly, I don't think Dolly's um, actually had any work done for, for in she, my opinion. No, that she's looked like that since the eighteen hundreds. I mean, that's how people age, right? Yes, your lips naturally get bigger the older you get. <laughs> That's what's going to happen to me at least when I get older. Listen, I will never have that old man saggy chin. I mean, I might do it if I don't have the money, but if I have the money, I will never have the saggy old man chin. I will have a 40-something-year-old's jawline till the day I'm dead. Absolutely, man. Do it. If it makes you happy. It's no one else's business but your own. I've learned that growing up. It took me a long time to get behind that message. Well, but. when you start kissing 30, which you oh, are. Like I am right now. Leave me alone. I'm not ready to <laughs> When you yet. start kissing 30, you realize you're like, oh, it has served me absolutely no purpose to care about what any of you idiots think. And then yeah, you get yeah. well. I was there, and I was worried about. 30. I was there about twenty-seven. I, it's around twenty-seven, twenty-eight when it starts happening because they say that all of your cells make a full turnover every seven years. So your body is one hundred percent different at twenty-eight, at 28 yeah. than it was at twenty-one or any seven-year mm-hmm. period. You know, from twenty-five yeah. to thirty-two, you look that that is a full cell turnover from one point to the other. So around that time, you're. You know, I like this year. I realized this year I've developed an allergy. To what? Cayenne pepper. Isn't that weird? That's incredibly weird. Like if I touch cayenne pepper, my mouth swells up and I break out in hives. So you could get natural lip fillers just by having allergic reactions. It is not worth it. I am miserable when I eat <laughs> cayenne pepper. Um, no more Mexican food for you. But yeah, thinking about Dolly, I 
she um she's fine well she she was born and raised from humble means of course my tennessee mountain home she sings about um it's a real place she grew Mm -hmm. up in this log cabin we've seen the movies uh about her life and but she went to country music and she came became this like giggly bubbly you know side piece she was the, the stereotyped blonde bimbo i mean she yeah became the personification of the side dumb blonde barbie that is her mo well, and that's what that's what she was she was a side piece for porter wagner yeah basically uh for his show and what he did not count on and you hear this in the podcast so i don't want to you know in the dolly parton's america mm-hmm. what he did not count on is that she's a genius when it comes to writing music and yeah. when it comes to writing songs because I mean, I would say that Taylor Swift is probably, in a lot of ways, this may seem be controversial, but she's the Dolly Parton of our generation um, because she really knows how to make, she knows how to write a song. Well, I would say for country music specifically, yes, her, but I would say Adele beats her in the songwriting category as far as... Yeah, maybe. I, I would, and probably depth too, in a lot of ways um, sometimes, but that's the thing. You know, they all, I mean, I... I I don't know that we can compare anyone in our generation because it's like Oprah, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's like, well, who's the next Oprah? There's not going to be another Oprah. No, there's not because Oprah was doing something that we don't need anyone to do now because we have the internet. Oprah was connecting people through one specific hour of television with the exact right people. There's not going to be another Dolly Parton because there the music industry is different to the point where Dolly Parton is not played on country radio anymore much right. at all but people still follow her people still love her new music and thanks to Spotify and iTunes and Stitcher and all these other Google Music or whatever mm-hmm. you don't need country radio i mean i'm pretty to get your dose of dolly well i'm pretty sure she's the to my knowledge the only one who's been able to open her own damn theme park as a musician open to the public do you want do you really do you want to know what that is actually my favorite thing she's ever done created dolly dollywood i love dollywood if you, you're not truly from the south if you've never gone to dollywood but do you know why she she created dollywood uh-uh. tell me because where she grew up was appalachia like it mm-hmm. was the foothills of the smoky mountains like it was poor there mm-hmm. was nothing for people to do so she took her money and opened a theme park and gave these people jobs. Yeah. Jobs for generations. Like, it's not just this hokey-dokey, you know, amusement park. She gave, she created an industry because not only was it there, she, because she created the theme park, mm-hmm. hotels came in, restaurants came in. Yeah. She created an entire economy for these people. And people are like, oh, she's just a dumb blonde. I'm like, this she's bitch ain't dumb. dumb. Yeah. She's not dumb. Like, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. And and also, she, every child in the state of Tennessee gets a free book every yeah. month until they're five years old because of Dolly Parton. Yeah. Well, and when like, there was. She is promoting entire, like, the entire state of Tennessee is basically literate because of Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Well, and she, even when there were those fires several years ago, that, mm-hmm. I mean, she, the money and power she put behind it 
to help the communities was astronomical. Well, and the, yeah, I mean, Jane Fonda was was doing an interview because people have been begging and begging for Dolly Parton to come to Grace and Frankie for like a yeah. nine to five reunion. Yeah, and and Jane Fonda, she said, well, we were we had all these meetings set up for her to come in and let us develop a character for her for for like maybe a four four episode story mm-hmm. arc for that and I hope it still happens but they Mm -hmm. said Dolly the fires broke out Dolly canceled every meeting and she said my people needs me Mm -hmm. you know I'd love to be there but I've got to go and then she started calling Reba Faith Hill Tim McGraw all these famous people and said we got to put a concert together we got to raise money yeah I mean because these people are going to need it she is the pinnacle of not forgetting where you come from like if there was a and at the top of the ladder who you would hope to be if you got big but you don't forget the people at the bottom at- that's her. Like she's never going to yeah. forget where she came from. But you know what? And, and, and like Cher doesn't have that specific home space, well, but California. she's doing the same thing. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, but she's doing her part. She's taking, she's taking on the patriarchy through social media, through social activism. Well, she is, she's fighting for the little man who doesn't have what she's got. Yeah. Well, much in the same way that Dolly does. Yeah. Well, there are photos of her in the, I want to say it was the eighties going to a, a protest about regards to homelessness in DC. I mean, mm-hmm. in her, I mean, she, she's beyond California. She's worldly. Um, <laughs> as far yeah. as what she's done for communities everywhere. And it's, I mean, they're the two women that probably have revolutionized the music industry the most as far mm-hmm. as being just the original badass motherfuckers of the recording arts, you know? <laughs> Well, and that was the thing. Here You Come Again was uh, Dolly Parton's first crossover hit where mm-hmm. she was on the pop charts. And people were like, oh, Dolly Parton has left country music for the pop world. And she said, I haven't left country music. I'm taking it with me. I'm going places. You better catch up and watch right. out. And she right. had a weird side eye to country music regionally, I feel. People do. Like I, I had a friend and I would like to bring him on the podcast. Uh, he's from church. He's a world, he's a renowned musician. And he asked me one time, he goes, do you like country music? You know, not in a cynical way, but in a like, like, you know, do you, in a say, in the same way you'd ask somebody, do you like Pepsi and milk? Like, do you really like that? Cause do it you, sounds wait, do people, okay. Do people actually like that? Or was that just an example? Well, no, people were drinking Pepsi and milk because Laverne from Laverne and Shirley was drinking Pepsi and milk that's mixed, kind of like, like coffee biggest, and milk. That's like the biggest troll move I've ever heard in my life. That's disgusting. But, but that's what I mean. Like it's, it, it seems distasteful. Like you're not making fun of it, but you're like, do you really like that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you- that, that was the way he asked that. And I said, actually I do. And I said, Honestly, in my opinion, if you don't have an appreciation for country music, you don't really understand it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's these stories and it's these um, it's these, you know, deeply felt emotions that you that only can can be captured in country music. Yeah. Um, and not only that, this another another thing this podcast that I listened to talked about was people all over the world loving her music like this. um like the way that the host, he was, I think he's Lebanese, um, was doing this podcast. And he said, the reason that I started doing this is because Dolly is really, really good friends with my doctor. I mean, not my doctor, my dad, who is a doctor. And um, 
so he started talking to his dad about it and he and you know he talked to dolly and she's like well i had some female problems and i went to your father and he started talking about like he started opening up to me about his childhood growing up in a poor part of lebanon Mm-hmm. And I would talk about my my childhood growing up in a poor part of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And there was just such parallel there. And, like, he would listen to Dolly Parton songs as a father because it, cause talking about the humble beginnings and the coat mm-hmm. of many colors, he said coat of many colors reminded me of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it transcends. If you really sing about the truth, if you have that talent to write songs that can cut to the heart of the truth, Mm-hmm. then it can touch anybody because there's poor people everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what music is original. I mean, it came about for the art, for storytelling and connections. And mm-hmm. I think that's the people who stick around the longest and are songwriters. It's because they can still tell a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean that truly comes from it is from the heart of country music is where that part where it started, um, and I even I'm trying to even think of I don't listen to a ton of country music, but I do like songs and I'm not gonna like not listen to it. But I think mm-hmm. my go to and I'm sure that's a lot of people feel this way is when I hear someone talk about country music, I hear the first thing that comes to my head is a white dude in a cowboy hat singing about being drunk, and I'm just like that doesn't appeal to right. me. But the women yeah. are so I mean. As far as songs, well, I don't know. No, and and you're right because that country, the music that you're thinking about, they don't really last. They're yeah. not like they're not these artists that stand the test of time. Like Tim McGraw and Faith Hill are another one. They uh-huh. sing about deep, deep, like right. heart wrenching love for one another. Their best songs. Our song, the, their best songs are the songs that they do together because they're they're this couple mm-hmm. that slammed into one another on a tour when they first when they were first starting out, felt deeply in love, mm-hmm. like recklessly in love, and to this day they're still just recklessly in love right. with each other to the point where Faith Hill comes out on stage and nearly beats the hell out of this woman for touching her <laughs> husband's crotch. I remember that, and it was fantastic, and I supported it a hundred and fifty percent. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, and like Reba, she's another one that really yeah. transcends because she would like, she sang a song, whoever's in new England. And it's a whole song about whoever's in new England is through with you. You'll have a home to come back to kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the cheating man, you know, she, things that people have gone through. And like, mm-hmm. I think one of Reba's most famous songs was, is, uh, is there life out there? Um, and the lyrics are, uh, she married when she was 20. She thought she was ready, but now she's not so sure. Mm-hmm. And now she's wondering, um, you know, said she thought she had done some living and now she's just wondering what she's living for. And it's all, it's this song about this woman who goes back to college to get mm-hmm. her college degree. Um, and the chorus goes, is there life out there so much she hasn't done? Is there life out there beyond her family and her home? You know? And so mm-hmm. it's like, that's a that's a story that so yeah. many people can relate to and you know singing about drinking beer on the back and tailgate of your truck that's not as deep as that yeah. story so i, I think mean, the people who pick these stories of human experience yeah are going to be the ones that really stand the test of time although i think 
a lot of, I mean, there's some value in the drinking beer on the back tailgate of your truck. Absolutely. Value too, because that's a slice of life that, that is true to some people. Well, and it's, it's all, I mean, to me, it's all a, truthfully about balance. And of course, I'm going to reference to bands and artists I know well. Um, mm-hmm. Kiss is the ultimate rock and roll party band. They yeah. have maybe, to my knowledge, one song that is truly of substance. And it was written by the drummer, and it's called Beth, and it's a love song. But most of their music is party music, which is valid because yeah. that's what you go for. You know, <laughs> just like Alice Cooper, most of his stuff is tongue and cheek horror. And mm-hmm. my favorite Alice Cooper story ever is that someone, a critic, decided to say that he couldn't write good music and only wrote these filler bullshit songs. So he wrote a song called Only Women Bleed, which is about domestic violence. And he's, oh, got, wow. a, he's got a few other songs in there that are more of substance as well, mm-hmm. more story. But a lot of it, I feel like if you have to have a mesh, but at the same time, People are only going to like what they like, and if they go to you for the party music, they're not going to care about your ballads. So they're not going to get mm-hmm. they're not going to get radio play. And so, unless you're a diehard right. fan, you're never going to hear it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's probably why I hate country radio is because they play the big pop popular songs, which tend to be mostly these getting drunk riding around in my truck or. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, that's song, true. Like Red Solo Cup. Like, I mean, it's a cute song, but oh my mm-hmm. God. Really? That's, you know, I mean, there's a but you know of what? For everything. So to me, there are more, there are more fun songs than Red Solo Cup to me. Um, like, there's this song called Pontoon by uh, Little Big Town. Okay. And Little Big Town is actually a, a, a band. Of mm-hmm. four people. Two of them are married. Um, I do like one little big town song. <laughs> which agree. one? Uh, Girl Crush. See, and Girl Crush is deep. Yeah. That's deep. deep. I've got a Girl Crush talking about she has your heart, so I want to taste her lips. Yeah. Like, I want to know what you're tasting because I'm jealous. I mean, yeah. that's a deep song. It is a deep song. The lyrics to Pontoon are, thinking of the Red Solo Cup um, song, here's a, here's the lyrics to Pontoon. Okay. Um, Back this hitch into the water until the, all the cables and rope step on... Wait, untie all the cables and rope, step onto the AstroTurf, get yourself a koozie, let's go. Who said anything about uh, skiing? Floating is all I want to do. You can climb the ladder, just don't rock the boat while I barbecue. On the pond, whoops, (laughs) advertisements. Uh, On the pond, on the pontoon, that's how it goes, making waves and catching rays up on the roof, jumping out the back, don't act like you don't want to, party in slow motion out here in the open, mm, motorboating. <laughs> like, but when you hear the song, they do four-part harmonies, mm-hmm. and they, I mean, it, I, did not, I did no justice to the way the song sounds, because they, they bend, their, bend the notes of their voice. Mm-hmm. But it's a party song. Yeah. And people love it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the problem with country radio today. Uh, the the adage is, if you're not Carrie Underwood or Kelsey Ballerini and you are a woman, you can forget being played on radio yeah. at all. Like, there's two women being played right now on country radio, and the rest is all men, all white yeah. men. And then they yeah. have the token Darius Rucker, which, 
it's not a token. He's actually a very, very, very great musician. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish, but now he's yes. doing country music. Um, but still, one white, one black guy, two women, and the rest all white men, mm-hmm. and there are people. My my actual, I would say, favorite country singer because I think Dolly Parton transcends country music for me. Because like, say you don't like country music, you love Dolly Parton. You know, yeah, it's un-American uh, to dis- I mean, it's un-American truly to to dislike Dolly Parton or Cher. I mean, let's just be real. For sure, um, but like Jennifer Nettles, who is the one part of the duo uh, Sugarland, she wore Ugh, to the ACMs. I think what's that? Oh. Do you not like Sugarland? I don't like how her, I don't like her singing voice. I find her nasally. She has a very distinct nasally right. voice. Yes. But I, I know what you're talking about. She wore the CMA. She wore the play us play women on your radio thing. Don't yeah. Press, on the so. CMA. She wore this dress, a protest dress. And it's really fascinating because women are starting to protest. And, mm-hmm. um, another thing, another, uh, Interesting. Another one of my favorites is Dixie Chicks. Oh, and they, Dixie Chicks. And they got into so much trouble for um, for protesting George Bush, like in a different were, country. <laughs> in a different country. Uh, so it's really interesting how the dynamic is changing, and you can protest a little more, and you can be a little more vocal, and people will still like you. But Dolly Parton, to this day, no one knows what her politics are. Not at all. True. And it's, I, I don't know. I don't know how, like, she will not do it. Like, because they said on this podcast that I was listening to that they had written some stuff for her, some jokes to tell about the president on the Emmys that year when she and Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda came out. And Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda eviscerated oh. the president using quotes from their movie, Nine to Five. And Dolly Parton wouldn't say anything. She says on this podcast, they said, we're going to let you say this. She goes, I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. She goes, if you, if that's the only way you want me on this stage, I'll walk away kind of mm-hmm. thing. She goes, I will not say that. And, and Jane Fonda even said, we, I feel bad that we tried to make her say that because she does have this entire swath of her, um, fan base that she would alienate with that. And mm-hmm. she wasn't going to do it no matter what. Yeah. And even I mean, even her sister thinks she should be speaking out more on the way this country is going right now, and Dolly Parton yeah. won't do it. I mean, I, there's a lot of merit to that because, in my mind, I under I I see both sides of it. I think there is this unnecessary demand as anyone in entertainment to give above and above yourself. Like you should give mm-hmm. your fans should know everything about you, everything you know, what you believe, what you eat, everything. But there's also this private life thing. But And there is a giant power play because your fans are what pay your bills. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's the thing. She is from a, an environment and a part of the world where Christian, quote-unquote, Christian moral values is in all mm-hmm. be all and how that coincides with being a Trump supporter. I will never understand, but that's a whole nother discussion for another day. Well, And that's, that's the thing. So I forget what, which part it was, but they, um, they said, well, if you could have said anything you wanted to say in response to Lily and Jane that night, what would you have said? And she said, how did you say, can't we just pray for him? And that was it. Mm-hmm. And, and he and the host was like, I realized 
she really does just want kindness for mm-hmm. everyone. And that's how her brain operates. And so that being said, she does tell you all that you ever need. She, she tells you everything about herself mm-hmm. in a certain sense. She tells you kindness matters. Mm-hmm. And, and that was something else. He was like, I, he, cause they were really grappling with this. I'm going to, I really wish you would watch, listen to this podcast because it's nine episodes, but two of them are like just live music. So it's only really seven episodes of this journey. And it's so wonderful. And he, he does, they grapple with it over, is Dolly Parton right to not say anything in this crazy time we live in? Or is she not? Yeah. And he said, I realize she has said something mm-hmm. through her music. Her right. music is activism. When you listen to the lyrics of these songs, some of these songs she sings, their activism, like down from Dover is about this woman, about this girl who got pregnant out of wedlock and the guy left her and to go to Dover, Delaware. And he was taught, she's waiting for him to come back. Her belly's getting bigger and he's, she wants him to come back to be a family. And then she had her baby and the baby died. Mm. And she said, um, and like, uh, I guess some in some small way she knew she'd never have a father's arms to hold her because she knew her daddy wasn't coming home. She mm-hmm. he wasn't coming down from Dover, mm-hmm. and it's just like whoa, it's so deep. Yeah, and you know, and she does, and like, and that was the thing too. I didn't realize this because I want to find it in a record store. I need to go to Amoeba and find it and buy it because the album that she puts nine to five, the song she wrote for nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, her personal al- personal album that that was on is called Nine to Five and Other Odd Jobs, mm. and the whole thing is a is a record about the labor movement and how people deserve oh. equal pay for equal work. Like all these songs are, and and he's and he was like, her songs are her are her how she speaks out. What's right. right for one man is right for every man. She doesn't have to follow. She doesn't have to speak out in favor of one human. She speaks out through her songs for concepts that are just right. They're good. They're Christian. They're what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's phenomenal. Like yeah. listening to this podcast made me realize, oh my gosh, she really is kind of like transcendent of of she's above the politics. That's why you don't know her politics because she lives so far above it. You don't even know. Right. But then we also need people like Cher who's got a loud mouth and they're going to live right up in it. You know, I think they're equal on the level of just, they speak truly from their heart to power. They speak truth to power in different ways. Right. Um, Because there is, I, you know, there are people who, will be like my mother does this on Facebook is she will just speak with the I feel statements or mm-hmm. I react to this way because it's not saying you're a slice of shit for feeling this way or for posting this. She's saying, wow, that really hurts me because of X, Y, and Z or wow. I feel like that's not right because of this. Yeah. Because you can't argue with how someone feels. And I feel like that's how Dolly reacts where Linda, my aunt, would tell take you f- talk you up and down the street and tell you how you're wrong in 50 different languages mm-hmm. um, well and that's the thing <laughs> you gotta know because there are people out there who would respond to Linda mm-hmm. throwing the throwing facts at them but then if if there's some there's people out there that if they're so staunch in mm-hmm. their beliefs you can throw all the facts you want to throw at them yeah. they're not they don't care 
Yeah. Because, I mean, it's kind of like when people are like, oh, someone posted something about, oh, something about using the phrase baby killer for being mm-hmm. pro-choice. And I've always said that is the biggest problem in this country, personally. My with, mom, the, with, the de- with the debates that we have. I don't think if my mom actually responded or not, but basically her reaction was, oh, so I, I'm, I, I hate that you think I'm a baby killer or I can't, you know, you know me and you sit next, you know, and see me three times mm-hmm. a week or whatever, however they knew this person. Um, and you, I, I can't believe you think so little of me. And look at me and call me a stupid baby killer, you know, because mm-hmm. once you put a face to that insult and you know someone on a personal level, that changes everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and I told I told people that I said that if y'all really if if you really, really care about having a nuanced conversation, if you really want to find ways to come together, stop calling your neighbors baby killers. Because yes, I'm pro I am pro-choice. But I'm not a baby killer because there's nobody in this country who's like, oh, yeah, I'm for abortion. I said, that's another thing. I mean, it's not quite as drastic as baby killer. But to say that anyone is for abortion mm-hmm. is heinous because just, nobody's for abortion. The only thing people yeah. are for is giving a woman the right to choose what happens to her own body. Because I told uh, someone the other day when I was home in Alabama for Christmas, I said, you do realize that you can be pro-choice and anti-abortion. You mm-hmm. can really, really, really hope no one will that you know will ever have an abortion. And you can fight like hell to keep to to help people to have the resources that they don't need an abortion. Mm-hmm. That's that can be how you are anti-abortion. Safe sex practices, sex education, other options before that. And still believe that it's still the woman's right to choose what happens to her own body. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel it's, like, I mean, it's not to get on the giant abortion pedestal. <laughs> I'm sorry, I took it there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say this was about Dolly Parton. Well, I feel that I just had to unfollow somebody on Instagram that I went we went to college with. I don't think you knew them. I don't know. I barely remember how I knew them because they were Mm -hmm. there with their newborn baby at the pro-life march or the anti-choice march the other day that was happening all over the state, I guess, on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade or whatever stupid reason they were doing it. And I just said, I can't look at you the same way now that you have dragged the baby that you chose to have because you wanted to have a baby to a anti-choice march. Right. You know, I I was like, I I can't look at you the same way anymore. And I just refused to. And someone who li- who like that could look at Dolly Parton, and I guarantee you that if somebody had an abortion, Dolly Parton would not even spend one second thinking about even possibly shaming them for that choice. Mm-hmm. We don't yeah. know how Dolly Parton feels about abortion, but we do know how she would respond to it, and it would be with kindness. Yeah, and those. You I mean, that I mean? is her politics, and that's I her politics, like- and. And I, I want to be more like that, but you know, it's like when you wish that you were like a blonde bombshell, Mm -hmm. but you're just really a full figured brunette kind of thing. It's like, I like to think that I'm going to be a kindness kind of person. And I really am 
to a, to an extent, but then there's a certain few little things that I'll pull pull an Aunt Linda, I'll pull a share. I'll be like, don't rattle this cage. I will eviscerate <laughs> you with facts. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I th- there's a, I mean, I think that's a reason for every type of person in this world for those for that particular purpose is to mm-hmm. hopefully give you a more roundabout feeling because I can. I, I could be wrong. I can almost guarantee you there's not a single Trump supporter that goes to a share concert, which has never made me feel more at home in my life um, when I'm there. Do you think so? As much I as there she, are. Well, I think... The reason I think there I think are there is are, because if, if they Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I bet you there are Republicans at a share concert. I don't think there are Trump supporters because I am now categorizing them as two different people. They are categorized as two different people, but if they don't have Twitter, would they know how Cher feels about Trump? If they had any form of access to the outside world, yes. Now, if they lived under a rock, no. But she has been on television interviews because of the Trump blocked her on Twitter thing. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, if there, if there are, there's, I mean, you could probably count them on one hand. I mean, if I, they're there, I mean, and if they're there, they're certainly not wearing their MAGA hats and, or their white hoodies um, or white hoods rather. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so that's uh, probably why I get up along better with the share audience than with the Dolly audience, but that's just me. But that's the thing. You've never been to the Dolly concert. And that's the whole point of the Dolly concert is that the Trump supporters, the church ladies, the drag queens, the the incredible LGBT beautiful patchwork that we are, they're all there together in harmony. Yeah. Like they really super are like, I mean, it's like that old story that, um, that Christmas Day story they tell about how the Germans, uh, well, the the in war, during World War Two, on Christmas Day, the Allies and the Axes oh, put their weapons down and had Christmas dinner together. Oh yeah, it really is that way at the Dolly concerts. Yeah, and that's what I try to do. I mean, you you see my Facebook, you've seen oh, um, yeah, some of the discussions that I've had, and especially like this week with. Um, I mean, I'll just say it, Justin. Justin was one of my colleague or my classmates in high school, and we've had some pretty heated discussions. But also, we've gotten to some nuanced places. But you know, it's been difficult. People have my my liberal friends have been like, "You're kind of dumb," and but also, I see his point, but I don't agree with him. Yeah. But you know, I hope that we come to a place of understanding. Mm-hmm. Oh, the but I do try to have that nuanced conversation. Oh, to have the privilege of a white cisgendered male. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole point because he was sort of arguing that the whole white privilege thing is not nearly as prevalent as it is. And I, and I don't even want to say a problem because it's not necessarily a problem. It's something that you have to acknowledge that it's just it's there well, it's, like you're gonna get privilege if you're a, white so use it wisely right that's what i was gonna say it's not necessarily a problem but 
you need to be able to be self-aware and understand it, how it is a problem to, it's a problem in this world that that's how it is right. it's not a problem that i need to take upon myself to fix because i cannot fix that i'm white no but, and cis you know but i can acknowledge that in my every movement and help to uh, I love the analogy that uh, Brian Safi, another podcast host, friend, friend. Oh, my God. I'm a fan. I'm not a friend. I don't know him in real life. Not yet. Um, not yet. But um, he says this whole transgender bathroom issue. He They did a whole thing where a lot of the LG, like a lot of gay people and lesbians were not stepping up to say more people mm-hmm. who had, who had, um, power. We're not stepping up to say more. And he goes, just because you made it up the rope ladder doesn't mean we're all finished and you can just pull the rope ladder up and leave the rest behind. You've right. got to help your fellow man up. And that's, you know, that's the way it is with white privilege. We, you just acknowledge that you're there. You're up on the mountaintop, but you've got to help other people get up there too. Right. And it's being self, it's being truly what it is, is being self-aware. Um, yeah. And that would be an excellent conversation for you and Alex to have about being about self-awareness. And using I can't wait. I, I, Alex and I have been in contact and they and I are going to sit down and have a conversation very, very soon. Well, not sit down because it's going to be um, a remote conversation. Um, and this is just, a, I guess, a teaser for everyone. Uh, Alex is a non-binary human who happens to be a lifelong friend of Sarah's. And today's their 30th birthday. Happy birthday. Is it really? It is. Well, I have to go on Facebook and wish them a happy birthday. Are y'all friends and yes, on Facebook? You we are be. friends on Facebook. Yeah, we are friends on Facebook. Okay. And just another little bit of a teaser, being non-binary, I won't even go into it, but they don't identify as one gender or another, so their pronouns are they, them. Um, and so that being said, they would be very welcome at a Dolly Parton concert. <laughs> they would. And do you have any other questions about my my obsession with Dolly Parton? Um, you know it would be excellent if Dolly and Cher did an album together, a collab. I would love that. I mean, and Dolly has Cher ever done a collab? I don't album know, a, other not, than Sunny and Cher type stuff. I don't think so. Not a not an entire album. I mean, they're duets, but not an entire album of collabs. Here, I've okay. Dolly and Cher, because I know you're listening, because, you know, Cher and I are friends now on Twitter, and I'm working on Dolly starting today. Uh, I propose a Dolly and Cher do Elvis album. Oh, my God. (laughs) That is my genius idea, because... Phenomenal. Well, you know that Elvis wanted to sing I Will Always Love You, right? and he wanted 50% royalties and honey said hell no this is my Yeah song. that's why he didn't do it because like the, it was a done deal like she's like hell yeah sing my song and well, when I the paperwork came to be over, a du- I don't think it was even just him it was supposed to be a duet Oh I don't I don't know that I've heard that I don't know I don't know one way or the other but I know that it was a done deal like Dolly said yes Elvis said yes they were doing it sending it over and um she's reading the contracts and she goes, what is this 50% ownership of the song? And he was like, Oh yeah. Elvis sings all or owns 50% of every song, at least 50% of every song he sings. And she goes, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. 
she's like, you can sing the song, but I will not sell 50%, 10%, 1% of my publishing rights for this song. Mm-hmm. This has made me a, a good deal of money. And this was before this Whitney was before Houston. Whitney, yeah. She's like, this has made me a pretty good bit of money. And I just, I don't sell the publishing rights to my songs. Those will be left to my children or to my, um, my nieces and nephews and my family. Yeah. She never had any kids. Um, and so they were like, he was like, well, Elvis does not and will not sing any song that he doesn't own 50% rights to because he too has an, has an estate to work, to think of, you know, one day. Mm -hmm. And she goes, I understand that. And I respect that. But Elvis is not going to sing my song if he has to own the publishing rights. Mm-hmm. And she and she, t- I saw an interview one time where she was like, it was devastating mm-hmm. to not have because she's like, I it was, was not Dolly Parton at that time. Mm-hmm. I was not the Dolly Parton that you know. She goes, I was a little old country singer who had who had some success. She mm-hmm. so she was like, it would have been great to have Elvis sing, you know, to have Elvis on my song, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I mean it's hard. Like that's the thing. She thinks that's why I'm like she's not a dumb blonde. Oh, she's not. She knows how to make a dollar, and she knows how to make it funny. And that's the thing. She people have asked her time and again this Me Too movement. Have you ever had trouble with that? She said not a one day, not one single day. She goes, I know how to. I know how to use a man's ego against him. Mm-hmm. And she Which, goes, and that's not to say that that's a problem for other people. She goes, I just yeah. know. I've got you know. Basically, I've got big dick energy and don't mess with me right and so I, and i think it's she's she's lucky and in the minority in the minority that she was able to be oh like, no, for sure there's you know she's she's very fortunate and she acknowledges that but yeah, yeah she's like no nope, i've never had trouble because she goes i always i'm always the loudest the prettiest and the most uh on my toes person in every room i walk into mm-hmm. i still got the hustle yeah, I was just so proud that I found you found your person. an obsession that's alive. So therefore, how many Dolly books do you own right now? That's the tell. How many Dolly books do you own? Two. Oh, that's a good start. Yeah, she. Um, I have her biography that she wrote about herself, um, but I also have. Uh, she published her commencement speech that she gave for Tennessee University awesome. called "Dream Dream More." Um, it was wonderful. It was, it was all, it was mostly, it was like a self-help type thing, yeah. but that was the thing on the podcast. I was listening to this lady who is a teacher. She teaches this class, I think called Dolly Parton's America. Now she was talking about on the podcast. She said, I was not a Dolly fan. She goes, I just thought she was a bimbo. I thought she was this. And then she heard the commencement speech cause it was at Tennessee university. Mm-hmm. Um, our university of Tennessee. I sound so stupid. Um, but it was there that um, she gave that commencement speech and she said, I had tears in my eyes. She goes, I've never heard people talk or speak so, I don't know, just so profoundly mm-hmm. about the human experience. Yeah. And how to and how to achieve your your lifelong goals. It wasn't about achieving what you wanted to achieve. It was about changing your perspective mm-hmm. on what you thought an achievement was. Yeah. And she said, I've just never heard anybody talk that profoundly. And she goes, now I'm teaching a class about her philosophy. Wow. And I was like, dang, that's deep. 
So that's true. But here's one last thing before we go about Dolly. I'm sure we'll come back to Dolly at some point on the show, but I just wanted to share with you. She's doing something now that's very fascinating. She said she's got thousands and thousands and thousands of songs Mm -hmm. written and most of which are, have never been sung. Like never been like written, like never been recorded. Mm -hmm. So she's going through and she's recording. What does she call it? Click tracks of her vocals to sing. She goes so that once I'm, once I'm dead and gone, artists can come and take my click track vocals and create an entire arrangement around it so that they'll always be brand new Dolly Parton music Hmm. years and decades and maybe centuries after I'm gone. And she goes centuries from after I'm gone, you can probably will still find a brand new Dolly Parton song. All righty then girl. And I'm just like, and she goes and the publishing rights will go straight to my family. Good for her. I've already set it up. And I'm like, how genius. She mm-hmm. said, and she said she was inspired to do this because of Aretha Franklin and Prince. They're, they're Prince in stage in disarray. Yeah. Like the, the, cause there is Aretha music and there is Prince music that's never been heard by the public, but everyone's in a, in a fight to, to figure out who controls it. Mm-hmm. And so is it the recording label? Is it the people in her, in her, their estates that own the publishing rights? Who, who is it? And Dolly's like, not in my watch. Yeah. You'll know who controls the music. You'll know who controls the, who gets all the money. And long after I'm dead, you're going to hear brand new Dolly music. That's going to be the legacy that I've created. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my obsession. Dolly Parton. I'm obsessed with her. I can't wait to go to one of her shows. It's a, it's a good choice. Was, was that even on the radar of who you thought I was thinking? No, it actually was. But I felt I thought for some reason it would be somebody more random and obscure. And I also assumed it'd be somebody in television only. Oh, really? Yeah. Should people follow you on social medias? They can if, um, and they can add to my like what thirty followers I have on Twitter. Um, Do I, it. She talks to Share. You'll be entertained. I've talked to Share twice. Well, Share's responded to me twice. I've probably talked to her more than she's known. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everybody can have the nuanced friendship that Katie Kirk and I have. Oh, shut up. Um, I'm working on it. Um. My Twitter handle is really lame. It's Sarah Cat Cooper, and my Instagram is Sadie May fifty seven. And if you Sadie follow, May if you follow Kyle, you can follow find me easily. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle L Henderson, or on Instagram at Kyle L Henderson, or go to the Facebook page called Not for Nothing on Facebook. And join the conversation and tell us what you think. And don't forget to rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And until the next time, bye. My cat is making so much noise. Hold on. Bo, stop it! I'm not ready. I just threw a mint in my mouth. Give me a second. Choked to death on a mint. And it's not even a mint. It's a fucking Tums. I just don't want to admit that I have to eat Tums at my age. Uh, I eat Tums at least twice a day. Do you get the assorted smoothie flavor? Because those are the best ones.